0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is our slash tales from tech support. Well, today, me and Auntie Reddit, we're on our way to Pennsylvania. We're going to watch somebody get hitched. Got myself some nice, clean clothes, something with some sleeves. As soon as I get done recording this, i got to go take care of some of this hairy mess. I'll be just as hairy when I'm done, but a little cleaner. All right, let's read some stories. How to get a reputation as a guru. I don't work in IT. This sub has told me I'm tier zero tech support. I work for a government agency. I have glorious titles, but what I really am is a fancy secretary for virtual meetings. This means I do a lot of computery stuff, occasionally with success. This occasional success has somehow created an undeserved reputation for me as a computer guru even though I'm really just an end user who knows how to google things. How you ask? Here's an example. The office I work out of is the equivalent of the principal's office in a school. The leadership office is where everyone goes because we should know everything, right? This morning a manager comes in asking for help. She says they're trying to connect a computer to the big monitor in the conference room. I had this same question last week. They had plugged in a laptop but couldn't get it to project on the screen. The laptop didn't have the keyboard shortcut key to connect to the monitor. Just as I was explaining that I wasn't sure how to do it without the shortcut. Actual IT person arrived and I snuck out the back. So I'm assuming this is the same problem. Hopefully this laptop has the shortcut. I tell her I'll help if I can, but if not, we might need IT. I enter the conference room, no laptop. The monitor is displaying no computer. Is it on? I asked which computer they're trying to connect. The manager points to the desktop computer. It's the one that lives in the conference room and is permanently connected to the monitor. Well, this should be easy. I don't need a keyboard shortcut or to dink around with monitor settings, it should already be set up. Me, is it turned on? Manager, I think so. I checked and it looks like it's on. I look down at the tower, it's not on, and sorry manager, it doesn't look like it's on. I press the power button. Manager, the screen hasn't changed. Give it a second to boot up. The monitor displays the login screen. Manager, I knew you could do it, you're the computer guru. And that, my friends, is how you become a guru. Read the screen, press a button, then exit to thunderous applause. At least in my imagination. Yeah, every time I solve a problem, whether I know what I'm doing or not, or whether it's simple or complicated, I like to think of myself as having like a little cape like the dog in the Mighty Dog, dog Food commercial, you know? Um, yeah, good job to me, right? Who doesn't like a pat on the back? Come on. The ultimate in remote diagnosis. This is tech support, but maybe not as you know it. When I was an undergrad, we used a locally developed time-sharing system. I was a geek and was trying out all the programs I could find. One of them seemed fascinating, but all I could make it do was spit out error messages. Eventually, I asked a professor and it turned out that he'd written it as part of his PhD. He explained that it was a general-purpose macro processor and showered me with documentation. It transpired that this included instructions for using it to translate itself for a new system. The year after, I did just that on a minicomputer to which I had access. Fast forward another year, and I'm doing a master's at another university. My specialty was and is operating systems, and I got to know a PhD student researching that area. We chatted, and I found out that he was manually translating that macro processor for a 12-bit minicomputer. It was such a tight fit that it had to be done manually. This was a spare time project for him. A few days later, I met him on the stairs. I asked him how the macro processor was doing, and he said it was all fine except for one weird bug. When it produced an error message, it forgot something called the insert environment. Perhaps I could look at the code sometime? I replied that I didn't need to. He was corrupting the fourth word from the bottom of the stack, probably due to a faulty backward move routine with an off by one error. I then rushed off to my lecture. Next day, I saw him again. He was most impressed because I was exactly right, and I hadn't even seen the code. I never told him that the day before he told me about the bug. I've been reading the documentation on the data structures used by that program. The professor eventually handed over maintenance of that program to me. It's still in use and I run a website for it. He sadly passed away a while ago. What did I just read? I have no idea what that was. Macro what? Hey, I know one of you guys knows. At least one of you guys, so... Do me a favor fill us in down below. I know my limitations. Tales from desktop support. The internship of Kevin and George. While strolling down memory lane I remembered that my pet interns Kevin and George hadn't been written into a melodious sonnet in three-part harmony that we all know and love as a tale from tech support. Anyways we're all students at a very prestigious university. Number one in the tri-state area. Ranked number six in all major football leagues and number 13 in water polo. As background, I was offered a team lead student work internship position. After the NAC TM was observed at the library, the work was doing mostly Mac desktop support and paid well too. The cast, Kevin, for that is not his name. 4.0 GPA, no IT street smarts. No filter, now writes code. George, from Chronicles of George, first year engineering student. Loved to shred it on electric guitars. Has yet to understand the laws of physics. Didn't write good support tickets. Kara, math genius. Destined for great things. Handled the awkwardness of our dynamic duo. Awesome and friendly. Girlfriend, now wife. Would hang out in the office and either supervise us or do lunch. Flirt between our classes. Me, the intrepid hero. Team leader extraordinaire. Teacher of the teachers. Boss of the bosses. Expert of the experts. Builder of builders. The next Elon Musk. No wait, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Kevin had a very curious disposition and really, really, really loved his anime. He couldn't focus on anything for more than 3.57 seconds before reverting back to his beloved topic. I was multitasking on a new PC deployment and asked him to start Windows updates as part of the upgrade to Office 2016 and then return to HQ. I wrap up and then realize he didn't exit stage left with me. Couldn't find him for the next iMac deliveries, and after dodging the dangers of the fire swamp, again, I found him sitting at the desk staring at the same computer instead of working with the rest of the office. Me, uh, what's going on? Windows update runs in the background if you start it. You don't have to wait for it. Kevin, I thought I had to stay for the whole thing, in his zombie voice. There were other things Kevin did that were blocked from memory, like not formatting a single ticket correctly or doing anything without having to be retaught how to deploy a Mac or PC daily. A few months later, he finally reaches the end of his internship and my patience, and I had encouraged him to branch out some and interview in places and spaces, and he managed to make the finalist pool by sheer luck or a low barrier of entry. Ding! A wild new email arrives. Kevin. Oh, I know I have two companies bidding for me. Like a geisha girl. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh my god. Me. Hissing. Kevin, that's not work appropriate. He laughs it off after I lecture him about getting a lid or handle on not letting his inner thoughts become outward thoughts. After he graduated, I found his e-resume to be rather embellished for someone who didn't understand anything in the internship. Inventory management system. I was there. He didn't make one. Documentation that was very convoluted. I had to redo all of it. Imaging and deploying of PCs and Macs. I had to help him push the only button. Next, one day he asked me what part of the tri-state area would be good to live in, and the rental listings shared were impossibly the worst neighborhoods of the city. Me, you can go there if you like a daily schedule of gunshots, gang wars, and police raids. So just uh, make us appreciate what we have. He then found better places to live after whining about his budget. Enter George. Occasionally, his schedule would overlap with Kevin, much to everyone's dismay. They were in cahoots, and when combined, and a nearly unstoppable force of destruction if ever let loose on their own. There was trouble brewing because they were constantly giggling like schoolgirls about something in Asian. Don't shoot the messenger, folks. I'm just reading. One day, they got on about some very 18-plus raunchy Asian stuff in front of Kara, thankfully not about her. Verbal warnings ensued. Kara blitzed him and rattled the desk. I addressed them sternly and nearly broke the office door off its hinges. The girlfriend stared at them in French. I suspected if they had seen her glare, they would have been instantly vaporized. Anyways, after that incident, short leashes were instituted and George managed to slip off for a repair ticket when added unsupervised. The ticket was to fetch and replace a broken classroom projector, and his claim to fame was to take it in a hand truck down a flight of stairs. (laughs) Oh, God. These stairs are 20 foot, 6 meters away from the handicap ramp. I don't yell at people, but he learned how far I can protect my voice outside. I surprised myself that day too. I then confiscate the projector and drag him to the install to replace it in hopes he hadn't turned the really important bits into sand. After a miraculously and blindingly bright test and while wrangling it into position, me, screwdriver please, George, hands me a wrench. Yes, George, that's exactly what I needed. Now give me the yellow-handled screwdriver, there. He finally left stage right after a few more little issues of not being able to follow the simplest of directions. End notes. Kara finished her internship with excellent marks and her support tickets were stellar, cherished by the entire academic entourage and support staff. The girlfriend, now wife, didn't vaporize anyone else and we all graduated with excellent. She still flirts. Okay, let's address the elephant in the room. First, he said something about Asian. I'm guessing he said that because he didn't know what language it was in. Uh, My boys and my son-in-law watch anime, and most of it seems to be in Japanese, so I would know that in many cases, but not all. Uh, And I think sometimes Korean. I'm not sure. But anyway. Yeah, I've worked with Kevin's and George's before too, and uh, it can be frustrating to say the least. And you never want both of them together because they'll burn something down or wreck something, or maybe to cause you to day drink and rethink your life's choices. First coffee, then tech support. I'm an engineer and assistant professor at a university, so not strictly tech support, but I often solve computer problems for my coworkers. One morning before coffee, another professor has computer classes and there's a problem. She's a sweetheart and a good soul for our department. She teaches programming, but also knows the basics regarding hardware. She calls our technical assistant for help, another lovely lady who sits in the same office as I, and we make and drink our morning coffee together. Not this faithful day, as this was happening right at the start of the day. She takes care of our hardware and software installs and also often solves problems. Since she can't solve the problem this time, they both call me. Five seconds over the phone, the problem is not solved, so I decided to stretch my legs. I like to do that. So I get to the class and they explain that the computer seems to be on. The second monitor is working and also the overhead projector, which shows the same as this monitor. The problem is the first monitor isn't working, so she can't see the login. They think the problem is with the computer or graphics card because there's no picture. They already checked the cable. I sit down and suspect the monitor wants to show the picture from one of the wrong inputs, but it doesn't show which input it is currently. I reach for the on and off button with the intention of pressing it twice to turn the monitor off and on so that it will briefly display what input it is. Well, I only had to press once. Yep, the monitor was just off. Those monitors are always on, as we have the habit of not turning things off, ever. Blame goes to whoever decided to turn it off to save on the power bill, and to the clock. It was 8.15 a.m. We all have a laugh at the simplicity of the problem. Moral of the story? First make and drink coffee, then go solve tech problems. Well, Uncle Red is not a coffee guy. I do like my caffeine, but I'm kind of a diet Pepsi junkie. Uh... Diet Coke will do in a pinch. And trust me, it's not because I'm on a diet or anything. When I first got together with my wife, she did all the grocery shopping and that's all she would buy. So I got used to drinking it because I was too lazy to go out and buy soda myself. And now I actually like the taste better than regular soda, so there's that. That time the Chilean government messed with daylight savings time. I hope this doesn't break the sub's rules, it's not at all a conventional Tales from Tech support, but I think readers here will appreciate the madness. Last month, the Chilean government decided, with less than a month's notice, to change when daylight savings time starts. It was supposed to start on 4 September, and they changed it to start on 11 September. This change was made on 9 August. I think that maybe reading that, there will be some among you picking your jaws up off your desks. Yes, it's just as bad as you imagined. For everyone else's sake, everything that uses time here, which is sort of like everything, is royally stuffed. Look on your phone at what time your royal clock says it is in Santiago. Then ask Google. You'll probably get different times. The airport is chaos. As of yesterday, boarding passes were being written out by hand. Same with hotel booking systems. Lord, Spaghetti Monster, help all poor tech support staff in Chile right now. Disclaimer, I'm not Chilean and I know the situation with the government is complex. I'm only traveling here and have no opinion on the politics. I only know that it's such a crazy thing for politicians to do unilaterally on, like, no notice. Okay, most governments, I mean, they're still going to screw things up, but usually they plan well in advance before they screw things up, so at least you have some kind of warning. Like, if we were going to change daylight savings time, usually here it would take at least a few months, if not a year or two. I kind of doubt they'd do it on less than a month's notice. But at least you got time to, like, prepare for the screwed upness. And, uh, yeah, you've been listening to story time with uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.